In today's show, we're looking at the Orlando Magic for the season upcoming for fantasy basketball and for Mickey Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. We're here to talk about the magic. But this show about the magic is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season more odds, props, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. And I almost forgot to say that. All right, Orlando Magic. We're going to talk about them. A very interesting team. Are they too deep for their own good? Maybe. Are they too deep for our good? But perhaps that's true as well. We'll talk about them in a sec, but just quickly on to some locked on fantasy basketball bowl news. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right. If you don't know what it is, where have you been? But welcome if it's your first time. 360-team category league, a 360-team points league called the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. 30 divisions, 12 teams each, $25 entry. Nine category or standard Yahoo points. Hosted on fan tracks. The rules are linked below in the video. They're in the description of the show, in the show notes. You can click that. Questions you can ask me as well. And to enter into the Magic Division, you want to email lofbbowl at gmail.com. In the subject line, you put Magic Cats. That'd be pretty sick, wouldn't they? Magic, imagine a cat coming up to you, pulling a dove out of its sleeve. Why is it wearing a jacket? I don't know. Or you could write magic points into the subject line as well to get into the points league. Again, it's about an 80-20 split of applications for categories versus points. So an easier chance of getting into a points league. You can get into both, but try the points league. You might have fun. Um, later in the show, I will tell you what to put in the body of that email. A specific question that I'll ask. I'll also give you the answer and you can put that in to get into the Magic Division of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. This Magic team's really interesting. Really interesting. I'm recording this in advance. Recording this on Tuesday in the States. It's releasing on Saturday. So it's what happens when you go away for a couple of days. You've got to pre-record stuff to get it out, out there. And um, you know, if things do need to be corrected and the Magic make a huge trade or something massive happens, we will do a show on that when I return. Let's talk about what we're looking at with this team. How does their schedule break down? It's almost the same as the Thunder, which we just talked about. 52 quality games, 13 back-to-backs, 11 games for playoffs that end on March the 19th. Pretty strong, 4-3-4. 10 games if you end on March 26th, the 3-4-3. And 10 games if you end Yahoo default, April 2nd, 4-3-3. I highly, highly recommend you do not end on Yahoo default. It's too close to the end of the season. It's one week for the end of the season. It is a shit show. You should not play, especially your fantasy basketball championship. Then, oh my God, please don't do it. Roto Leagues, you can go to the end. Go to April 9th or April 10th. Or April 9th, I think it is. Um, You don't want to go until the end of the season. Like You just you just don't want to go that far. Even that one week, Um, you don't want to go that far into the year. It just is not good. I'm telling you now. You do not want to do that because of all the resting and the shenanigans and players who shouldn't be deciding um, 
games, they are deciding games. 10 games there. Anyway, let's look at what's impacting projections for the Magic. I'm a little bit worn down, to be honest. It's the fifth podcast I'm recording today. So if I'm a little loopy, I apologize. Five in a day, it's pretty tough. What impacts the projections? Well, who the hell starts at point guard? At the moment, I expect it's going to be Markel Fultz, but it could be Cole Anthony. Maybe they throw Jalen Suggs in there. I really doubt he starts a point guard. He's more of going to be a two. But that impacts everything. Because if Cole Anthony starts, the man has never met a shot that he doesn't want to take. He's never met a shot that he doesn't think is going in. Unfortunately, only 40% of those shots go in, but he wants to take them all the time. And that impacts Wagner and Bunkero and Suggs and whoever else. But if Fultz is there, he's not a good shooter necessarily, but he's also a guy that's a better distributor, better defender. And then it pushes a bit more usage to other areas. Better finisher, better driver. Opens things up for others quite a bit as well. The Twin Towers was a big thing for this team last season. They went with Bumba and Carter a lot together in the front court. It led to Bumba playing a lot of minutes and putting up some good fantasy numbers. I don't think they're going to do it again this mu- that much this season because into that front court mix, they add the number one overall draft pick, Paolo Banquero, and allegedly, allegedly, Jonathan Isaac's going to be back. Maybe at some point. Who knows? We still never have got a reasonable explanation why he's been out two years for a torn ACL. No one has mentioned anything about that. We don't know why the hell he had hamstring surgery. Is he actually ever going to play for this team? Is he a part of their future? No, he's not. I don't think that they value him as a part of their future at all. But it's another name that's in the mix there. So how much do we see of that Twin Towers? They go back to that a lot. And that hurts Bunkero. It hurts Akiki. It hurts Isaac. It hurts Carter. It hurts Carter a bit. And what about veteran trades? There's two absolute veterans that can help teams. I don't know why I said absolute veterans. I was going to say they're standing out like absolute dog's balls, which is true. It's Gaz Harris and Terrence Ross. Now, unfortunately for Gaz Harris, he's injured. No! It's the opposite of nice Gary. Torn meniscus. Now, I did see somewhere someone on Reddit was posting about the Magic and said, Gary Harris is out for the season. That is not true. Gary Harris is not out for the season. No, sometimes I find, you know, I, I browse through a lot of things to try and, especially in the preseason, just to see the general zeitgeist in fantasy basketball in the NBA, what people are talking about, what people are thinking, and I read things. And I find it really hard sometimes to bite my tongue when I see something which is, might be pedantic, and it probably is. That's why I don't write anything. But when I see something like that, which then, even if that gets into the head of one person, it can propagate. Yeah, Gary Harris is out for the season. He's not. And I reserve, you know, I, I try not to comment on it. Or someone will say, you know, Hassan Whiteside will have these great numbers for the Jazz. I go, oh, do I say it? Do I say it? And maybe I should. Because even though the general scheme of that whole post that I read about the Magic, talking about uncertainty and rotations and all, that, that stuff's all true. But when you throw a variable in there that's not true, it can lead to domino effects through how you value the rest of the rotation. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. I'm just thinking through it myself. Maybe I should point those things. But it makes me like an asshole. And I'm just out there saying, no, you're actually wrong. Gary Harris isn't out for the season. Like, but I think it does matter. It's like if I make mistakes like that, I, I appreciate being pulled up on it because it is important, I think. Anyway, Gary Harris and Terrence Ross could be dealt. I don't even know whether those guys are going to play. Well, Gary Harris isn't because he's currently hurt. I don't even know if Ross is going to be an every night part of the rotation. I think he might be, but I, I don't know. There's just a lot of players on this team. 
Actually, there's the same amount as every other team. But there's a lot of guys who you could consider deserve rotation minutes. And we'll get into those guys in just a second because BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your pro and college football betting needs this season. Find all the latest football league developments at betonline.net. Game matchups, news and podcasts, including this year's or this week's week three NFL action. BetOnline is your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And if we head across to BetOnline, look at some week three odds. There's no magic team in the NFL. There's no, actually, there's no Orlando team is what I meant to say. But maybe we look at the Chiefs. They don't have an NBA team. They're six and a half point favorites only against the Colts, who got shut out by the Jaguars. Now, I know the Colts can't beat the Jaguars, ever, apparently. But surely the Chiefs, even though they're on the road, are more than six and a half point favorites. But BetOnline's got those odds up for you. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on other sports as well, like Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and the old stick and ball, golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online is where the game starts. All right. Let's look at breakout candidates. A few of them here. Suggsy. Jalen Suggs was really, really bad offensively. Couldn't finish at the rim. Couldn't shoot threes. He was a solid three-point shooter at Gonzaga. He was a pretty good driver and finisher and just couldn't do any of it in the NBA. He was a really good defender and a solid passer. And that, to me, is a great foundation. Do I think that the shooting and the finishing, which was really bad, which is such a common problem for rookies, do I think it's always going to be bad? No, I have some confidence in him. I could be wrong, but so many guys you see look terrible. Darius Garland, yeah, bad he looked as a rookie. Like, shocking. Like, he was one of the worst players in the NBA. Jordan Poole, oh my God. He was atrocious. Suggs was equally as atrocious offensively, but he was actually really good defensively. So if the offense even comes up to be passable, I think he's a real, really good player. Maybe it doesn't work out. But I think, like, if I had to look at this team and go, all right, who could maybe surprise us with a top 60 season? It might be him. It might also be Markel Fultz, to be honest. Fultz was looking good before he tore his ACL. He looked good when he returned from his ACL tear. Nine months ahead of Jonathan Isaac. And I think he's got a chance to be the starting point guard. He's never going to be a very good three-point shooter, but as a driver, as a finisher, as a defender, as a passer, big strides in passing last season. I'm not sure that's all real, but big strides. And then the other one is a guy who I think a lot of people nationally underrated as a rookie. He was the guy I liked. I probably didn't like him as much as what his rookie season showed to be. I wasn't sure how much they would play him or what his production would look like. And he was great, Franz Wagner. How he takes the next step forward, I don't know. But sometimes the players just become so good and so dominant that our preconceived notions of offensive pecking order get thrown out the window. And Wagner just comes in and goes, I'm actually the man now. Give me 26 usage. Let me run things. Point forward. Let me do it all. Or he sits there and has incremental improvements. But he's good enough. He showed it as a rookie. He could actually blow up. So there are three really... I think the Magic are positioned pretty well. Three really interesting, big breakout type of options they have. And that brings us to Franz Wagner. The topic of the question to enter the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl. When I say Franz Wagner, I play this song. That song is called Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand. Hence the Franz. Franz Ferdinand was a figure 
in early 18th no, 20th century European history, but some claim his assassina- assassination assassination kicked off World War One. So, according to some, the question you got to answer to me is the assassination assassination of who kicked off World War One? And the answer is Franz Ferdinand, Arch Archbishop Archduke. Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Drop that in the body of your email. It makes no sense, but that's where we are when we've recorded five podcasts for the day. Let's look at some sleepers. I I firmly believe, and I love this guy as a prospect coming out of the draft, Wendell Carter Jr. I had him ahead of his Duke teammate, teammate Marvin Bagley. That's proven correct. I like that. I thought the Bulls ruined him. Jim Boylan, shout out to you, mate. Just killed his confidence. And I thought he took a really big step forward last season. Now, I'm a little worried about Carter because if they do believe in Mobamba, and they shouldn't, but if they do believe in Mobamba, the fact that they probably won't go Twin Towers as much means that Bamba cuts into Carter. But if I was them and I was their coach, he'd play 33 a night. He's that good. And I think that at Yahoo 80, ADP 82, Fantrax 86, ESPN 89, for category leagues... I think he can be better than that. He was 70th last season. I think he can maybe improve his block numbers if he's playing more as a center without Bumper next to him. And if that happens, like blocks are hard to get, mate. They might become he might become a top 55 player even in the same minutes as last season just by improving block rate. Talked about Wagner already. He was egregiously omitted. Well, not omitted. He was ranked on Yahoo at 260. They've bumped him back to um, 79 which is about the right spot. But his ADP hasn't quite caught up. It will. But at the moment, ADP of 95 is too high. And on ESPN, it's insane. 118, what are we doing? They did push Wagner to 98 on the ESPN Points League ranking update they did. Um, I mean, cool. He's not the greatest Points League guy, but there's still value in that. But again, that ADP, which sits at 118... It's present across all leagues. So it doesn't matter if it's a points league or a category league. Um, he's got value. Although, by the way, on ESPN, France is ranked with a ranking that came out today. What day is it? The 20th of September. They ranked him at 152. Two spots ahead of Rashawn Holmes. Three spots lower. You're going to... Honestly, if you need to take a piss, I'd go do it now before I listen to this. He's ranked in their category ranks three spots behind... Chumurakiki. Oh, that pause was deliberate. He's ranked behind Chumurakiki. I'm going to find some other funny names he's ranked behind. They've got Polo Boncaro at 137. That's pretty funny. Um, he's ranked behind Marvin Bagley for a category league. Jamal Murray's at 130. He's ranked behind Mo Bumber at 127. That's enough. He's ranked behind Devontae Graham. I could keep going. Um, anyway, that's good value for Franz Wagner. Suggsy. Look, he was bad. There's no denying that last season. But he had ankle surgery, had thumb issue. His ADP is 134 on Yahoo, 125 on Fantrax, 134 on ESPN. I'll happily take him round 11, maybe round 10. And then Fultzy. Yahoo 138, ESPN 131. Getting starting point cards. If that indeed indeed what he is, and finding assists is hard. So he's like a 10th round player to me who can get in round 12 probably. And then Paolo who was not ranked on ESPN until today, is now ranked. He's ranked at 77, which is high, but the ADP sits at 113. So if people are sorting by ADP, 
you will see him at 113. Let's look at busts. On the flip side, I don't want to take Paolo at pick 64 in fan tracks. I think he's going to be pretty strong. I think he can get there. Uh, maybe he can get there. But I, I don't want... 64 is too high. That's almost round five. An average draft position means some people are picking him in round five. It's too high. I think Cole Anthony with an ADP of 107 on ESPN is too high. Cole Anthony played 32 minutes a night last season. He was 90th. He had a really hot streak shooting to start the season. And maybe he wins the starting point guard job and fixes his efficiency. I don't think either of those things happening are happening. So I'm not taking him at pick 107. I'm just not. I just don't think that's worth it. And then, Mo Bamba. One, two, three, four, five. He's ranked 88th on Yahoo. Now I know that he was 74th last season in 26 minutes. I, I, I cannot... I cannot visualize how he plays 26 minutes a night. I can't do it. And there's no way I'm taking him at pick 98 where he currently is going. On fan tracks, he's at 109. That's probably a bit high. On ESPN, he's at 119. That's probably also a bit high, but I don't mind it. I do mind it at 98. And I also I also mind John Isaac at 94. What are we doing? I don't think Jonathan Isaac's part of their plans. They're starting small forward, who's really good, and he's locked in. He's Franz Wagner. Their starting power forward is the number one overall pick in the draft, Paolo Banquero. And their starting center is Wendell Carter Jr. And there's also Chuma Kiki, and there's also Mo Bamba. Isaac hasn't played for two years because apparently he's the, the anti-Wolverine. Slowest healer in the world. Now, I'm absolutely all... Because we know that he's a top 30 fantasy player. Try again. We know that he had the potential in the past to be a top 30 fantasy player. Two steals, two blocks... 15 and 8, two threes. Like, unbelievable number potential. How we can have any faith in him approaching 30 minutes or approaching any of those numbers, legitimately, I feel like he's more likely to get cut than being a top 50 player. I just don't know how you trust him and his health at all, let alone some of the other stuff that I think is, from what I've heard, might create tension with his team. But he's not a part of their future. I don't think they view him that way. Take him in the last round. Fine. Take him in round 12, fine. Round eight, you're joking. Like, there's no way you want to do that. And even in a points league, he's not that valuable. Like, he's not that valuable in a points league. So there's no way you want to do him at 94. In saying all of that, yet, he's a great pick in the last round, if he's available. Him and Suggs might be available in that last round. You take them. I think Fultz goes earlier than that. I think Cole Anthony probably goes earlier than that. Although I wouldn't be... A, a, if Cole Anthony's there in round 13, I, I would take him. You know, I wouldn't take Chumra Kiki. I just think there's too many guys in front of him for upside. I wouldn't worry with Gary Harris or Terrence Ross. But Suggs and Isaac, if they're there in the last round, absolutely. Let's go. Let's take them. So let's look at the roster. Um, I think they go Fultz, Suggs, Wagner, Bunkero, Carter. But Fultz could easily be Anthony, or it could be Anthony and Fultz with Fultz with Suggs on the bench. Not that's just not settled. I'm pretty confident that Carter will start over Bamba and that Bunkero will start over Isaac or Akiki. I'm pretty confident with those two. And I know that Wagner is locked in as a starting center. Uh, shit. Starting small forward. Fultz we've already talked about. Round nine, round ten, no problem. Suggs, round eleven, round twelve, no problem. Wagner, you're probably looking round seven. Round eight, but real he does have real pop-off opportunity. Or sorry, real pop-off ability. And maybe the opportunity is a little bit crowded. And I wouldn't want to go too high on him. Bunkero, 
think it'll be rough early on, but he's a points, rebounds, assists guy. Steals and blocks might be iffy. His efficiency might be iffy. He might not be a great free throw shooter. And to the person who called me out last, I'm saying that. If you are under 78% shooting from the free throw line, you are a negative in fantasy. And if you do it on more attempts, you're more of a negative. And he wasn't a 78% guy at Duke. So that's why he's a negative in free throw. And given that we think he's going to get to the line, it can be harmful. Cole Anthony, again, I would look late in drafts. I don't really see 32 minutes in the same usage that he had last season being possible for him this year. But if he's there in the last round, I'll happily take that flyer. And he is a better points league guy than category league guy because you don't have to deal with the deficiency that he has in his shooting numbers. ESPN Fantasy, probably not as high as is a Yahoo Fantasy because they do, in their standard format, take into consideration missed shots. There is John Isaac. Again, what do we expect? Will he play 50 games? Will he be able to play more than 24 minutes? I highly, highly doubt that. Is there even space for him to play more than 25 minutes with those other guys that they're more committed to? I don't think so. Then there's Bumba, who, as I mentioned, like was pretty good at putting up fantasy numbers. I don't think Bumba, although he did take steps forward last season, is a great NBA player that contributes to winning. And most of his success was had playing next to Carter. When he's left as the center on his own, he struggles. And he hits threes, he blocks shots, he rebounds well. He played better. I still don't think that he's a guy you want as a starting center, so his minutes will be down. And then Trimmer Kick is one of those players who can get really good steal numbers. But where's the where's the opportunity? He needs a bunch of guys injured. Give him the ball more. He'll have bad efficiency, but he gets there through volume and through steals. But he's the backup behind Wagner, behind Paolo. And now Isaac's in that mix as well, if they play Isaac. But there's just the upside needs an injury for a Kiki to be useful. He's going too high in drafts, but I'm not going to shit on an ADP of 148. That's a flyer. But he was 149th in 25 minutes last season, Truma. I am not certain that he plays 25 minutes this year. If Paolo and Isaac come in, somebody has to lose out. Gary Harris probably would have got minutes early on in the season, but he's injured. Gary Harris, amazingly, is 28 years old. Can you believe that? He played pretty well last season. He'd be a really, really useful guard. Think of what Contavious Caldwell-Pope does for teams. That's what Gary Harris can do. But now the injury, which we don't know how long it's going to keep him out. I would imagine all of October, probably most of November as well. It might be longer. We don't know. Um, Terrence Ross, a shooter who can't shoot at the moment. Defensively, he's dropped off. He's older. Um, he's a free agent after this year. He's 31. He's three and a half years older than Gary Harris. Can you believe that? He's a three-point streamer. That's about it. Mo Wagner. When Mo Wagner plays, the problem is he's third-string center. When he plays, I think he's actually pretty good. He's just not going to get those opportunities this season. And I'm not going to have many opportunities to do this. Then there's everyone's favorite, Bol Bol. Bol Bol is not an NBA caliber player at this point. He was traded to the Magic last season in a salary dump, never played for them. They re-signed him. I don't know why. When's he going to play? Who's he going to play over? Bankero? Carter? Isaac? Bamba? Akiki? Even Mo Wagner? The answer is no to any of those. He has an unbelievably fantasy-friendly game. Blocks, threes. It's like Mo Bamba, but better because he can get assists and he can score a bit. He's a better three-point shooter. But I just don't think he's going to play enough. He, he's shown lazy tendencies. Um, not strong enough. Doesn't position himself well. Goes for blocks and that's it. Don't get sucked in. Admiral Schofield won't play. RJ Hampton, I'm out on completely. He looked terrible in Summer League. And with Fultz Suggs, Anthony, 
Harris, Ross, the opportunity is not really there. Yes, it's there early on with Harris out, but I don't really think he's interesting. Caleb Houston had one big summer league game and then struggled much like he did all through his season at Michigan. I'm, hopefully he can turn into a shooter or a wing player, but not yet. And then Kevon Harris, really prolific guy. He's on a two-way deal. He's someone to watch if injuries strike or trades happen or tanks are on or whatever. Just someone to watch later in the year. And that will do it for me today. I've got to go rest this voice. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.